welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friend. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com, and I am so glad to get a few moments of your day. We are on episode 101, and I've titled this one, Simple Tips to Read More Books. I struggled. I debated on calling it Simple Tips to Read More Books for Busy Moms or Busy Homemakers. So I ended up just sticking with Simple Tips to Read More Books. We all know that the books we read, they shape us and they grow us. I've been challenged by books, taught by books, discipled by books, comforted by books over my years of reading and even being read to. I can still pick up a book to read to my grandbabies that I read to my children when they were little and be taken back to those days of sitting with my babies on my lap getting lost in the story. I can hear in those memories the giggles or the surprise or the sadness depending on the story in the voices of my children. It's been fun to make new memories with my grandchildren and possibly one day, Lord willing, even my great-grandchildren. So just as we think about our Bible reading plan for the year, I know many of us think about what books are going to be on our nightstands or in our cars or our suitcases or on our coffee tables and on our bookshelves for 2021. Jane Austen said, I declare, after all, there is no enjoyment like reading. How much sooner one tires of anything than of a book. When I have a house of my own, I shall be miserable if I have not an excellent library. End quote there. So a couple years ago for Christmas, my daughter gave me a copy of Sarah Clarkson's book called Book Girl. I know there are many free reading challenges out there online. I think of Tim Challies usually has an annual one. His is definitely more um, Christian-focused, and Modern Mrs. Darcy would probably be a little more on um, fiction, um, non-fiction, non-Christian kind of side there. And then there's the Read Aloud Revival, and I'm not really clear theologically where they stand, um, but do check them all out. There's some great ideas and book suggestions there. But I liked the simplicity of Sarah's suggestions in her book. Sarah didn't give a specific list, but as I worked through her book, it helped me put together a personalized list for me and my specific interests or areas that I'd like to see growth. And now that I have this ever-growing list, how do I get through some or all of the books on it? And always, this is our starting point, and our Bible is our first priority. If we're not reading our Bibles daily, we need to start there before we're even picking up another book. And if you're struggling or you're not there with a daily Bible reading habit, check out my episode 95 called Developing a Daily Bible Reading Habit. But that has to be the priority over all our other books. So start there first, friend. But I do want to share how I've been discipled in my walk as a Christian through books. This cannot replace the value and biblical commands for us to pursue in-person discipleship with one another, but it has been a huge part of my growth as a believer. I've shared in the past how Elizabeth Elliot has discipled me through her books, but so have authors like Jerry Bridges and J.I. Packer and John MacArthur and Susan Hunt, David Paulison, Alistair Begg, Charles Spurgeon, and my list can go on and on. 
So reading good books and good solid theological books is another way to grow in the knowledge of the Lord and get wisdom from those who have walked the walk before us. So I'm just sharing some tips today that have been a help to me over the years. So my first tip is to find books that interest you. You need to find books that you love to read. Reading books you enjoy is a start to reading more and finding the time to read. And starting with books you enjoy is really a help, especially if you've not developed a regular reading habit, or maybe you're just finding yourself in a slump. Because I've been there, and sometimes a book that I've delighted and enjoyed reading was a help in getting me out of that slump and getting back into the reading habit. I've enjoyed Goodreads to help find books from like-minded readers. That's where I get many of my um, like my Christian nonfiction recommendations. I can kind of check out there from various friends that I follow to look for what they're recommending, what they're reading. I can see their reviews on there. You can also ask friends in your church family what they're reading. Tim Challies is probably my top place to find recommendations online. He's, I think he's at challies.com or challies.org. I'm not sure, but I'll, I'll link to him in the show notes. But I get ideas from various podcasts I listen to. Plus, sometimes I really like hearing the author speak on a podcast to know a bit more about them before I pick up the book to read it. I used to be part of the Book of the Month Club with my son, and I was really surprised with how much I enjoyed just the various books that I would have not found or even chosen on my own. I liked that you could skip a month, and my if I'm reading fiction, my bent is towards historical fiction. My son would pick different genres so we could switch books after we finish them. And another way to find books is to search for similar books to a title you recently read. So I really enjoyed a book called All the Light We Cannot See, and I searched books similar to that title, and then I found Beneath a Scarlet Sky, which was another really good read. So the reviews and ratings on Amazon and Goodreads are helpful sometimes in choosing books to read. Um, And again, as I said, as believers, the Bible needs to be the book we prioritize daily to read, and we want to study that over all others. But it's not wrong to read other books or other genres. What I'm saying is, unless you have a personal conviction, it's not wrong to read a nonfiction book that's not Christian or a fiction book that's not Christian. Um, You just want to make sure that God's Word is getting first place in our lives, and that's our priority. My second tip is to put aside a book you're struggling with. Don't be afraid to quit or maybe just put down a book for a bit you're, you know, not enjoying at all or just not, I don't even know, you know, struggling is the word I'm using there and I'll kind of stick with that because there's just some books that I start and I get a sense as I'm in the beginning chapters that, you know what, I don't really want to waste my time on this one and those are the ones I usually just quit and I don't feel guilty about that. My time is precious and I don't want to waste my time reading a book that I'm not enjoying or benefiting from or maybe it's a book I picked up in, you know, a Christian nonfiction book that's um, just really some bad theology and I'm going to set that aside. So that is okay to do that. And there's others that I do want to read, but maybe I'm just having a hard time getting into. Maybe they're a little more challenging and I'm not in a good season to really concentrate hard. So those are sometimes ones I put aside and I pick up at a different time. Some of the classics can be hard, but they are so worth the effort to take time to work through. So if you're finding it difficult to push through it, 
set it aside, come back to it with a fresh mind. If it's just not good or you're not seeing any benefit to reading it, don't feel you have to read it. And an incentive to read here, friend, is if you have children, studies show that parents who read books raise children who read books. And I know, I get it, that's not always the case. It's not 100% foolproof there, but it's a good incentive to be reading. So mama, let your kids see how much you enjoy reading. C.S. Lewis said, a children's story that can only be enjoyed by children is not a good children's story in the slightest. So you can still enjoy reading books geared for young adults or children. We've been rereading through the Little House in the Prey books with my grandkids, and it reminds me how much I've enjoyed them. It's wanted me to go back to like Hattie Woodlawn or some of those other stories that I used to love to read with my kiddos. Okay, my next tip is keep books handy. Don't leave home without a book. Keep a book in the car or in your purse. I have a Kindle Paperwhite. It's super compact. I can keep it in my purse when I'm out running errands. So if I find myself waiting in the doctor's office or I'm waiting on a friend who's running a little late, I enjoy that extra time to get a few more pages to read. Keep a book by your nightstand or in the places where you may find yourself sitting during the day. Keep one in the kitchen. I find myself reading sometimes when I'm cooking dinner, and that sounds kind of odd, but especially when I have to watch an item on the stove that's not boiling over from just stirring something, you can sometimes find me just holding a book and reading. Sometimes my pot does boil over, though. I'm not, as I shared in a, a previous episode, I'm not always a good multitasker, so it doesn't always work well for me. But Mortimer J. Adler, he wrote How to Read a Book. He said, in the case of good books, the point is not to see how many of them you can get through, but rather how many can get through to you. I really like that quote. It's not about the quantity you can get through in a year, but how are you growing and being stretched in your reading? My next one is to make good use of the Kindle app or some type of reading app that you can have on your phone. We all want to spend less time on social media. I I think that's on everybody's list every year. So you can replace the social media apps on your phone with something like the Kindle app. It's free. When you find yourself looking at your phone to scroll the Facebook or the Instagram feed, just stop, open your Kindle app, and have a book or two downloaded and ready to go. We always seem to have our phones with us, and with the Kindle app, you can always have a book handy to read. I like to keep some good devotional books on mine for when I find myself having a few extra minutes on hand to wait, or just a little lighter read. There's also, it's something called the Libby app. And it's an option to read books from your library. It's a free app too. I am not familiar with it, but as I've, I've not checked it all out yet, but I want to after putting this episode together and it may replace my Kindle app on my phone. Some of you are probably already very familiar with it, but I am going to check it out. So one of my favorite features though of reading a book in Kindle, and especially because I do a lot of writing and quoting is the search feature for when I highlight quotes. I can go back and can find them quickly in a book if I'm refer- referencing something for a podcast or a blog article. I have a setup that I utilize on my computer. I use an app called Readwise and it connects to my Rome. And Rome is a program, I, I kind of call it, it's like a Google search engine for my life. I keep track of everything and it with tags and it's just a great tool. It's worked well for me. But, and my Readwise connects with that, so when I open up Rome, if I've been reading on my Kindle and I highlighted quotes, it shows up in my Rome app for that day, and then when I click on that book, it shows me all the quotes in there from that book that I highlighted, and I can search them, which is a great feature. So it's an easy way for me to find various um, Kindle books I've read and highlighted in just, just a moment. 
Another area is to utilize audiobooks. Audiobooks are such an easy way to get books in while you're folding laundry, cooking dinner, doing dishes, exercising, getting ready in the morning, showering, driving. Audiobooks that your kids would love during drive times are a double win. Sometimes I find myself just sitting in the car, even when I've arrived at a destination so I can finish the chapter I'm listening to. Audible and Christian Audio are two of my favorites, and Christian Audio has a free audio download um, every month. It varies. Check out their site. If the title's of interest to you, use your discernment there. Sometimes there's some interesting titles. Sometimes there's some really good ones. So if I hear a great quote or something I want to remember from from Audible, from that, from that, or even from an audiobook, whether it's Christian Audio, sometimes I'll take a screenshot of it so I can come back to that part in the book. But in Audible, you can also kind of stop and make a note in that area and save that place too. So sometimes I find myself so enjoying the audiobook and I want a hardcover copy too, or I want to get it on Kindle. One of the benefits of Kindle is Kindle has this feature called WhisperSync, and it's not available on every book, but it's quite a few of them, but WhisperSync syncs with some of my Audible books. So I can go back and forth between the Audible book and the Kindle, and it saves my spot. So if I'm reading a little bit on Kindle, and then I want to pick it up on Audible, it picks up right where I left off reading on my Kindle. That's a pretty cool feature. But again, there are some other great resources out there too. Some freebies again. Check out Project Gutenberg. Or again, I'm going to reference that Libby app as a place to borrow and read books from your local library. I know many people use a site. It's called audiobooks.com. I'm not really familiar with it, so check that one out too. My next tip is to keep a book list for motivation and kind of to keep you focused too. If you keep a list of books you like to read, you kind of know when you're done with one, what, what are some options for the next one? So whether you use a journal or your planner or just an index card or something online where you keep it a note in your app or whatever you might do, it's just really helpful to have a list to look to when you're ready for your next read. Plus, it gives you a place to catch those book recommendations you get from friends or you see online. This year, I'm keeping a book pile in my library of the ones I want to read. I'm just going to make a pile of them. And I'm going to keep some of my Kindle. We, we travel quite frequently. So I'm an avid reader on my Kindle. And it's much lighter to travel with my Kindle over a stack of books. Although I still take a stack of books and my Kindle. So I don't know what I'm talking about there. But I'm going to make a folder in my Kindle of just my 20, 21 books to read. And you can see some of my top book recommendations at the blog in my top menu where it says favorite books. I am an Amazon affiliate, and it takes you to my Amazon store where I keep adding to my book favorites there. If you want to check it out, I've categorized it to the different areas like Christian living, marriage, women, Bible studies, all those sorts of um, different sections. I also keep my personal book wish list on Amazon of books that I come across that look of interest so I don't forget them. And it also helps me to put a book in the wish list before just purchasing it spontaneously. I really try to do this, that if I see a book I like, I try to leave it there for at least a month or so before I purchase it. And then many times I determine I really don't want that book anymore, so it saves me time and money. My next tip is to get reading time on the schedule. Reading time most likely won't happen if you don't plan it and you're not intentional. So schedule time in the day to read or maybe it's before bed, I like to read in the morning after my time in the Bible, and I'll usually pick up a Christian nonfiction book then. I like to read in the afternoon for about 15 minutes. That's dependent. I don't know. Some It varies what I read then. Sometimes I re- just read my Bible then too. 
And then before bed, and usually before bed, I like to read a, a biography, or sometimes I'll read, um, a, that's when I might pick up my historical nonfiction book. So let me just share, because my reading time varies. I'm kind of I'm in those three areas I just talked about, after my Bible, in the morning, in the afternoon, and before bed are usually pretty regular. And then I have some variables in there. But let me just share what my reading time looked yesterday as I was putting this episode together. So after my time in the Word and prayer, I opened the Kindle app on my iPad, and I read Feeling and Faith by Brian Borgman. Just a good book. I've just kind of determined to read a chapter daily when my time allows after my time with the Lord. It doesn't always work out on every day, but most days it does, so it's not too bad. And I usually try to keep a good Christian theology book that I read after my time in the Word. Then when I went to shower and get ready for the day, I popped on an audiobook to listen to as I got ready. I have a little waterproof Bluetooth speaker for the shower, and if I don't have an audiobook going, I may even have a podcast on, but lately I've had my audiobook on. And right now, I'm going through the Green Ember series by S.D. Smith and really enjoying them. They're just fun stories. I continued listening when I came downstairs after getting ready to get breakfast and unload the dishwasher and all those other aspects of my morning routine. When I have my grandkiddos here overnight, sometimes we'll listen to an audiobook together while I'm prepping breakfast. And, and then after breakfast cleanup, we'll have maybe some sit-down reading time together. And as I said earlier, we're slowly working through the Little House on the Prairie book. So I look forward to that time with them. In the afternoon, I sat with some of my reading for the Sermon on the Mount series. And I'm reading through Martin Lloyd-Jones' studies in the Sermon on the Mount. And then I dabbled a little bit in Thomas Watson's commentary on the Beatitudes. Dinner time found me continuing on in the Green Ember series while I was cooking dinner from Audible. And then right before bed on my Kindle on my paper white before bed, I read in a book called Made for Each Other, Marriage as It's Meant to Be by Brian Chappelle. And I don't know that I pronounced his name right, but I will um I'll link to those two in the show notes. But they're all gonna be they're also two in my Amazon uh, book list area that I talked about with my favorite books. So you can check that out too. I heard, though, that if you can squeeze, this is a really good incentive, just 15 minutes a day of reading, it's enough to read a chapter or more a day and keep you on track to read two books a month. That would be 24 books a year. If you have littles at home or older kids, maybe you schedule a reading quiet time for the for everyone in the afternoon. It's a great habit for kids to get into, for them to read on their own. I, I love that idea. Where to find books is my next tip. As you have your list together of what you'd like to read, and really part of this is going to be gathering that list where to find books to read. So as you have your list, start first with your local library. I would check out local bookshops and my usual default places online. But does your church have a library? A lot of churches have excellent libraries that what I talked about, the Libby app, and somehow that's combined with OverDrive. That's another great place to find freebies. Project Gutenberg. I use Amazon heavily, heavily out of convenience. I like the wish list option. It's just convenient. But I do really appreciate book recommendations. And I also purchase a lot of books from Westminster Bookstore. I think they're WTS.org or WTSbooks.org. I'm not sure. But if you Google Westminster Bookstore, you'll find it. Crossway's another one. Moody Publishers. Ligonier. Grace to You, Shepherd Press, Banner of Truth is a great resource, Granted Ministries, The Good Book Company is a favorite. I got a lot of their kids' books too, and Desiring God. There's also a site called bookshop.org 
where you can support your local bookshops by buying books directly from them online. And that looks like an interesting resource, another one I want to get a little more familiar with too. So for solid books to read in your walk as a Christian, get recommendations from your church. Seek out your pastor and your elders, your women's ministry leader, maybe those mentors in your life at church from your church family. You can also get solid recommendations from various ministries you follow. Like I was mentioning before, Alistair Begg, Truth For Life, they have an excellent system. When you donate to their ministry, they send out two books a month to um, their people who donate. I believe it's over a certain amount you need to donate. But it's been a great way for us to build our library, and it is solid resources that we are really enjoying. But always, always be a good discerner of what you read and recommend. I know it's not always easy. Things are always changing. But seek out Tim Challies is a good place to look for um, good recommendations and reviews. So check out sites like that and just, just check out what you're reading. I want to share, as I'm closing here, I want to share some thoughts from Jim Elliff. It was taken from Why Read a Good Book. He said, when buying books, remember the following. Buy only the best books since you will only read a few hundred in your lifetime. And when possible, seek a recommendation first. He said, don't excessively fret over the price since the cost of a book is always small if it impacts your life for good. Buy to preserve the truth for your family or some deserving friends or institution in the future for they will inherit your library when you die. I really like that thought. That's pretty neat. He said, never let the reading of books replace the reading of the Bible. We cannot emphasize this enough, right? See, he said, instead of one or the other, do both. And then he said, let a good book humble you and not make you proud by seeking God in what you read. And C.S. Lewis said, you can never get a cup of tea large enough or a book long enough to suit me. So friends, and I have a really good quote here at the end, so hang with me here a second. So I really want you to think about how can you establish a reading routine, asking yourself questions like, when could I read? What am I reading? How can I read? Are there apps? Do I need a library card? Do I need to look at this Libby app? Do... Um, all those different things. Do As a family, do we need to turn the TV off more and, and spend some time reading in the evenings? Do I just need to turn the TV off more and spend some time reading? You'd love your reading to become a habit in your life and to just be on autopilot. So I want to leave us with this quote from Bob Coughlin. And this, was, this is one I remember quite frequently. He said, even if I don't read as many books as others, I read. If I'm not reading, I'm relying on my memory, which seems to be decreasing daily. So I read. I once heard someone say that books don't change people, sentences do. If I glean two or three sentences from a book that affect the way I think and the way I live, that's time well invested. End quote there. So my friend, Jesus is enough always. Thank you for your time today. You can head over to the blog for the show notes at thankfulhomemaker.com. And I do have that Amazon store where I share some of my favorite books that I'll link to there. And then please share with us in the comments at the blog or wherever you're seeing this shared on social media, maybe in the Facebook group at Thankful Homemaker. Share with us tips how you squeeze reading time into your days. Where do you find books to read? What have been some of your favorites? Really, any other of your, your favorite reading tips. If you use that Libby app, I'd love you to comment and explain it to me because I'm you know, excited to look at that. So I am so grateful for you, my friend, and I pray you have a very blessed week. Mm-hmm.